Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. Hi everyone, this is Rohit from Life Self Mastery. I'm excited to have Daniel Somai, who's a, a founder of MailPop. MailPop is a weekly newsletter personally addressed to kids and delivered to their mailbox. They send out a uh, every week a beautiful educational letter with a fun surprise to enhance each week's theme on the back of each letter is an activity sheet to keep the kids engaged and continue with the fun proud mail pop daniel used to work for thompson reuter and jerry and daniel just like me is an on deck fellow uh, welcome to the show daniel thank you bro thank you so much for having me and excited to be here and appreciate this opportunity Awesome, you know, I'm really excited to to talk about your journey. Uh, we met on on deck uh, podcast, uh, sorry, the business development fellowship, and uh, yeah, you know, b- before before I uh, talk about mail mail pop, just wanted to understand your your backstory. I think you 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 immigrant just like me. Um, yeah. How did you come to US, and how you know what was your entire journey like? Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to share that. So. I'm originally from Jerusalem, from Israel. Um, was born and raised there, and after serving three years in the Israeli military, I decided to pursue my dream and move to New York. Fourteen uh, years ago, on a basketball scholarship, I, I played basketball my entire life, and it was um, uh, a dream of mine to come to the U.S., be able to continue to play and get my education while doing it, and uh, ended up at Yeshiva University in New York, and. and had a great experience there and get to play, get to a great education and get to be in New York, which was really exciting as well. Oh, interesting. I, I, I never knew that you you were in military or you came on a mm-hmm. basketball scholarship. Uh, that, mm-hmm. That's super interesting. Which which university did you join and you know did you play professional? Yes, yeah, so I, I played in, in Israel, you know, all through growing up. I played in, in the in the club team in Jerusalem and Really loved the game from a young age. I was always very passionate about it. I loved playing. I made a lot of friendships through basketball, and you know, wasn't ready to kind of give up once we finished high school. So I was looking for opportunities to continue. And in the army, I it was a bit challenging to play, but I still figured a way to to practice on my own, and eventually joined a, a local team near where my army base was stationed. And then it was the whole process of trying to get from Israel to the U.S. and how do you how do you get in touch with universities? How do you get coaches to hear about you? And this is before you know smartphones and you know still sending out DVDs to, to coaches and trying to get in touch with them. Um, and ultimately got recruited to the University of Connecticut. They were, they were the number one basketball school in the country at the time. I was on the same trip with with Kemba Walker, who's now the point guard for the New York Knicks. So, wow. it was a, yeah, it was an unbelievable uh, opportunity. But at the same time, you know, I I wasn't quite on that level. And these are guys were, you know, a lot of them are in the NBA now. And I knew deep in my heart that basketball is not going to be how I make a living, and I need to focus on my education. So I decided to try and get to the best academic school that I could get to, and still continue to play through their program. Uh, so I ended up in, in Yeshiva University in New York. It's a small private Jewish school, and you know, they have a great uh, great uh, business uh, program over there. So I studied international business and, and economics and you know, just really enjoyed my experience. I really, really loved being part of that, that university and the team and, and felt like I made the most out of that experience. 
So super interesting. I didn't know are you, are, the, are you like a tall guy because I can't really make out from this. Yeah, time. yeah, I'm pretty tall. I'm I'm, I'm two meters, so six five, six six. Wow! Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I've had interaction with you, but I I never got to know that you. I remember. Yeah, it's a doesn't come through Zoom, but uh, hopefully we get to meet each other in person one. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm I'm really looking forward to to meeting you know my. Yeah, uh, my on deck fellows, and I uh, would love to love to catch up. Uh, I've done a lot of podcast episodes over Zoom, but I would love to, you know, uh, meet and uh, meet with people with whom I've done my podcast. Well, but but that's that's interesting that you know you uh, went, uh, you came to U US through basketball scholarship. You started here. You know, how did how did you get into PwC, Thompson Reuters? How did that happen? You know. Yeah. So um, PwC was my first job after graduating, and Admittedly, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do when I graduated. I was trying to still figure out what what I'm good at, what I want to do, what my career would look like, and I thought if I could get into a big company and at least get some experience and have that name recognition on my resume would help to start my career. And um, you know, I had a lot of friends who were in the big four accounting firms, and you know, just applied to a job there. Didn't think too much of it, and and. You no, know, admittedly, wasn't my top thing that I wanted to do, but I thought it would be a good opportunity, so I applied and ultimately got the job. And I worked as a internal auditor in in, in their uh, New Jersey office, and it was a great experience. Is you know just learning what it takes to be a professional working in such a big company, learning from a lot of really smart people there. It's accounting wasn't something that I truly loved to do, so I wasn't as passionate about it, but was really happy with that experience and. Did it for for a little over a year, and then was looking for new opportunities, and came across this great opportunity at Thomson Reuters. Uh, they had a program called the Business Graduate Program. It was a two year rotational program where you get to see different parts of the company. There was a lot of training and development, and in a fast track to management. And uh, I thought, you know, wow, that could be a great opportunity for me, especially since I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do yet. And you know, was really lucky to get accepted to the program. It was you know very very selective. um but um no i i i guess the the you know i, I was uh a good fit based on my you know my experience being from israel my army experience being a basketball player my business degree i, I think that helped me kind of separate myself from from the rest of the candidates and uh really had an amazing experience at thomson reuters i i joined the first role was a customer success manager so i went out to all the large banks and was helping them learn how to use uh icon which is equivalent to the bloomberg terminal to teach them how to use the sophisticated software to help with their trading and research and and all the different things that they needed for and there was a client facing role i got to go to all these you know banks meet the traders and it was a, a good way to join the company because you learn the flagship product you learn about the customers and that kind of set the tone uh, for the rest of my experience and i did a a marketing role um still in the finance division Uh, and after that i i wanted to move to the media division i was interested in getting more into learning about technology and websites and i felt like being on that team the skills and ex- the skills would be transferable the skills and experience to other companies because there's only a few companies who have such sophisticated financial terminals that you know to have such a domain expertise on that and they're not being able to use it anywhere else would be you know i thought it would be a shame so I joined the business development team on the consumer facing news website and I was learning how to monetize big publishers website working on a lot of different partnerships particularly ad tech partners 
and uh, really was able to grow the revenue significantly during my my time in that role and ultimately ended up leading that team. And through that experience, it, it gave me the confidence to uh, come up with my own idea for the company. They had a business competition in the company and anybody could submit ideas to. And I came up with this idea called Converge, which was a way to connect employees in such a large company in a way that they might otherwise never meet, right? There's so many different divisions, different teams, uh, different offices all around the world. So this was an application that people would enter their information to, their skills, their interests, um, their preferences, where they're located. And then we would match them with two other people at a time and they would get to meet them. It would be these informal get-togethers and to create the, the opportunity for them to learn more about other people around the company, create these connections. And with the whole goal of improving their job satisfaction and their productivity level, if they now know more people from around the company who could help them with certain things in their own role. So it was um, a really successful application. I was able to scale it to, to several thousand employees participating and was excited to, to work on getting that technology out to market and license it to other big uh, companies. But ultimately, um, the company was facing major restructuring and, and it got discontinued. And so disappointed, I put so much work and effort into it and it was promising and, and successful, but I'm so grateful for that opportunity. It allowed me to practice being an entrepreneur within a big company, seeing what it feels like using their resources, their money, you know, their, their, their uh, efforts to, to help get it off the ground. And, that gave me the confidence to ultimately uh, work on MailPop. Today, I have an interesting stat for you to denote that the founder of Beautiful Lives increased the social media presence by 10x. They managed to publish consistently and effortlessly using a robust social media management tool called Social Pilot. Social Pilot is a cost-effective social media tool that helps businesses scale their social media marketing efforts. Use lifestylemastery.com slash social pilot to get a 14-day free trial. Oh, that's that's uh, that's super interesting because I was, I was coming to that. You know, does it does it help to work in a big company? Does it does being an operator in a big company help you to become a good entrepreneur? I think yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I uh, I've learned so much through my experiences in the big corporations. I've met so many people who have guided me, helped train me. Uh, I I. I took advantage of everything. I was the kind of person who loved going to all the trainings, all the events. I always participate in everything. And um, I think it's it depends on the person and what you make out of your experience. But I, I always looked at it as a, another stepping stone after university for not just to you know earn a little, but to really learn from some of the, the smartest people in the world who, who lead these companies. And I was fortunate enough to get to meet a lot of the senior leaders at Thomson Reuters and, and with some of which I'm still in contact to this day and they've been helping me and mentoring me. So I, uh, I wouldn't have had it other, any other way. You know, I, I really enjoyed my time there. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Now I, I love what I do. So there's a, there's a difference between enjoying your job and loving what you do. And, and that's something that I progressively got to now in my career and, and found something that I truly love in Mirpal. Yeah, no, no, that's super interesting. And, you know, let's let's talk about MailPomp, you know, what, what really got you started uh, with MailPomp? And is it something that you were thinking about or, or did COVID really make you uh, start this company and you know, accelerate it with it? Yeah, it, it, it really all started during COVID. I, I was working at a startup at the time. And when COVID hit, like millions of others, I lost my job. And 
found myself at home with my wife and my two children and had all this time to spend with them and observe them more than I normally get to and, and noticed that our children were not paying attention as much as we wanted to to their online Zoom classes when everybody had to quarantine. And then they wanted to watch movies and play on their iPad. And it was a lot, a lot of screen time. And the one thing they got excited about each day was getting something in the mail, packages, letters. They would run to the door. They would want to see what it is. And they always had the same question for my wife and I around the letters, which is why is it never for them? And in reality, it was all bills and junk mail, but it gave us this idea of how can we channel all this enthusiasm they have for that into something more beneficial than just keep buying them more toys, more clothes. Um, so we, it started all as a, as a fun family project. My wife and I you know, just started writing our own letters to our children, and we saw how much they enjoyed it and how much they were learning from it. And we quickly realized this could be something that many other families could benefit from and a nice idea for a business and came up with this concept of MailPop. And, and our mission at MailPop is to spark kids' intellectual curiosity and help them develop the love for learning and reading. And the way we do that is by sending out these beautifully designed educational letters with papercraft toys delivered to kids' mailboxes each week. So every week they get a, a new snail mail letter from us their names on the front, so it's personalized to them. And every week they get to learn about a different theme or topic. And all the content is, is licensed through Encyclopedia Britannica Kids. So this is an example of, a, of one of our letters. This is our astronomy theme letter. And the first thing you hopefully you see is the, is the artwork. The goal was to make each letter look like a piece of art on its own merit, to really drawing the kids, get their imagination going. And the education is infused around the artwork. So... The mail pop header changes from week to week to promote creativity and just be a little bit more fun. Then we have the content from Encyclopedia Britannica. And then we have also the word of the week section to build up the kids' vocabulary, the question section to spark a conversation in that household and have the kids learn more about each topic. And our mascot, Captain Mail, hides in each letter. That's another uh, fun activity for the kids to do. And then on the back, we have an activity sheet. This is for kids to work with pens and markers and do all the games that we have and to help with their, their problem solving skills. So we have a maze, a word search, a coloring in section, an attainable superpower from our, our mascot, Captain Mary. And, and Captain Mary is, um, came from an idea of how do we make it more fun and exciting for kids? And it's a gender neutral character and the kid's sidekick. We believe the kids are the heroes and Captain Mail will be this positive influence who gives them this great information and attainable superpowers on a weekly basis. So this is not things like flying or super strength. This is things like courage, determination, creativity, honesty, kindness, kindness. So they learned about it and how they can use it in their own life. Uh, then we have the word, of the excuse me, the song of the week, which is all classical music in nature. And we hope to get kids more exposed to classical music. They can listen to the music while they're doing all the activities or after the fact and, and get all the benefits that come from listening to classical music. And we have a, a Spotify playlist that the parents can come and find all the songs and, and, and play from them. And if, even if you're not a customer, you can look for the MailPop playlist and, and check out some of the music we have there. And then an enrichment activity, which is another activity for the kids to prolong this experience. And then finally, the, the letters come with a toy as well. So it comes on a card like this. The kids punch it out. They fold it. They tape it up. And, and they get a new toy every week correlating to, to what they just learned about to take that learning into play. So that's another really exciting activity for the, for the kids to do and, and meant to serve as a positive reinforcement 
uh, for learning the new theme. So that, that is Mail Pop in a nutshell. We try to pack as much value into one letter. And the whole goal is to try and kids to fall in love with learning and reading. So not to necessarily to teach them how to learn, not to give them the repetition, but that moment of delight each week when they get their own letter with their name on it and the anticipation every week of what's going to be the theme, what's going to be the toy has been a really effective and great way to get kids excited about this, where they're running to the mailbox to see what they're going to learn about. And beyond just the, intellectual component that the letters serve, it's a great way to create a bonding experience between the parents and the kids. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, <clears throat> so the, the parents are encouraged to do it together with them, read the information with them, do all the activities, the puzzles, the, the toy, and, and have this, you know, great quality time together that, that they might otherwise not have and, and proactively discuss all these different topics that they also might not just bring up with their children otherwise. So it, it's been really an unbelievable uh, pro family project that turned into a business. And, and you know, it's been a little over a year since we launched. And thank God so far, you know, things are going well and we're really excited for the future. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I love the branding. I love how, you know, you build those uh, the, the whole thoughtfulness uh, mm -hmm. with creating those letters as well as the toys. Uh, and, you know, I wanted to understand who's, who's the target audience. Are you targeting yeah. uh, the parents or, or the children? And how do you go about selling it? What, what, what are the different distribution channels for you? Yep. So we, we are focusing on, on targeting the parents at the moment. And we have a, a few different channels. We have the, the D2C channel, direct-to-consumer, and we have a B2B model as well. But for the direct-to-consumer channel, we're, we're targeting parents with kids, uh, five to 10-year-olds. Those are the recommended age for male pop. And so primarily parents with kids in that age group, but also grandparents. Grandparents, particularly grandmas, have been uh, some of our best customers. They resonate with the snail mail, and our customers get a weekly email as well, letting them know what the kids are learning about and the letters on the way. So it's great for someone to keep in touch with the kids, grandparents, uh, uncles and aunts or friends, so they can see what the kids are learning about, have an excuse to connect with them. And then the kids are reminded of the person who gifted them the letter on a weekly basis. So it creates that, that connection. Um, and, and we have our uh, website on our e-commerce website on, on Shopify. It's, it's mailpopkids.com. And that's... Um, you know, you know, been a quite a journey to get the website to where it is today. And, and you know, when I started, I didn't have any e-commerce experience. So the first year was uh, really learning what's working, what's not working, all the different tools and apps and softwares we need. Uh, but now we're at the point where we we have a, a great website. You know, we've put a lot of effort in terms of the messaging, the design, the purchasing flow, the the, the way we offer the subscriptions. And um, the technology behind the website, and we feel like we can scale on it now. So that's uh, the main selling channel. Uh, we run Facebook and Instagram ads to generate awareness, and, and we're, you know we're we're working on a on a more robust marketing plan now to find um, the right channels, a mix of both digital and off digital, to create more awareness for us. Because the good thing is, most of the people who hear about MailPop really like it. The people who try it love it. So. 
for us, we're really excited to just try and get in front of more people and, 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 and get them to learn about us and hopefully try it. And admittedly, the, the marketing has been the challenging part of the company, you know, due to the fact that my wife and I bootstrapped the company, we didn't raise any money, and we don't have a big marketing budget. So we're trying to think really creatively of how we can get the word out in a, in a cheap and efficient way. Mailman is an email assistant that shields you from unimportant emails, minimizing interruptions, and making your days calmer and more productive. You can visit mailmanhq.com and use the code LSM, uh, which gives you the benefit of 15% off for the first year on the annual plan, uh, which already has 20% discounted compared to the monthly plan. So you can visit mailmanhq.com and use the code LSM. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally understand. I've been part of a few bootstrap companies and I, I really love the uh, the branding we have done and the courage it takes uh, to to build a company, especially in times of COVID. Uh, yeah. I absolutely appreciate and, and love what you're trying to build for, uh, for kids. And, uh, you know, I wanted to understand, you know, how many, how many students are enrolled and, you know, uh, how, how can families sign up with, with Mailbox? Yeah, so we we are now at the point where we we're, we're growing, you know, pretty fast. We we we're still at a, you know, I don't want to give the, the the exact amount, but it's 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 still in the beginning stage, right? The the first we we we've been in business for a year and a few months. We didn't do any marketing in the first year, but now we're we're doing marketing. We're ramping up. And, and we acquire customers nearly every day. They're trickling in one a day, two a day. It's starting to get closer. We're starting to get to that breakthrough, but we're not quite there. But we, we feel like we're on the right track and with a little bit more uh, expertise around marketing and finding the right channels, we believe we can scale this to, to several thousand uh, customers and, and, you know, including eventually uh, translating the letters into different languages. We already... Um, ship the letters worldwide and have customers all over the world. But uh, we want to be able to make it more specific, more tailored to, to different audiences. And, and that could be a great way to increase the opportunity uh, of the customer base in which we can sell into. Interesting. And, you know, since you're working on a B2C uh, market, uh, you know, how, how, what, what were your main uh, customer acquisition channels and how did you plan to get your first thousand users? Yeah. So. In the beginning, it was, you know, all word of mouth, grassroots efforts, reaching out to our friends, family, um, in the community, trying to get people to hear about us, to try it up. And, and then we started working with, with schools, uh, particularly through the PTAs. So we tried to work through the administration and we hope to get to that point. But there's a lot of bureaucracy working with schools and it's hard sometimes to find the right person to speak with. So what we've done is we worked with the school PTAs to help them create virtual fundraisers. So especially during COVID, they couldn't do a lot of things in person like bake sales or things like that that they normally do. So instead, we help them do a virtual fundraiser where they can share an email about MailPop with their student body. Anyone who purchases as a plan gets a discount and we give a portion of each sale to the school. So that's been a great way to do some advertising basically for free. Uh, it's easy to set up and, and get a lot of people to hear about us and, and, and sign up uh, through those efforts. So that's been a great way. We've also been going to some holiday like pop-up shops, like holiday boutique shops. My wife and I go, we, we set up a table, we put the letters in the toys, you know, on, on, and show what we're working. And that's been a really great way to acquire uh, 
a lot of customers that without a very expensive upfront marketing fees. So, you know, you pay a certain small flat fee to, to rent the table at these places and you just, you know, trying to explain what you're doing and hope people would buy. And then we've had a lot of success with that and, and, you know, really good feedback, being able to speak to people, see them interact with the letters, touch the toys and, and see what they like about what they don't like. And, and uh, for the vast majority, it's been really positive and, and, and we got a lot of traction that way. Very interesting. Uh, you you rightly pointed out about PTAs. I was speaking to uh, the co-student team and, uh, and 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 the partnership teams really looks into you know PTAs uh, and acquire customers. I think I, I think that's super interesting. And uh, you know when it comes to uh, uh, the 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 website and all, uh, are there how how do you how do you plan to increase the, the the website conversion or website traffic or do you also yeah. plan to have a have an app going forward yeah so you know that is one of the things we're working on now is how do we drive more traffic to the website right now it's primarily through you know facebook ads instagram ads but we also have our own organic channels our own you know accounts on instagram facebook tiktok we're on all the, the youtube we're on all the major platforms trying to build up our, our presence organically and, and get more people to to work with us. We also work with um, influencers. So right now we, we can't afford to work with the big ones, but we work with the micro influencers uh, on a performance basis. We send them some letters for free. They create some content for us, some videos, some posts. We give them a coupon code and anyone who buys a plan, you know, gets a discount. We give them a commission on each sale. Um, and that's been a great way also to, to help get the word out and, uh, get you know more user generated content where they're showing you know them and their kids doing the letters and and sharing their feedback and and how much they enjoyed it. So that's been the best part is we get you know really good feedback from the customers. We have very low churn rates and and it's that's a good sign that you know we're doing a good job. The kids like the letters. The parents see the value in this and and they continue to want to get them on a weekly basis. Yeah, no, absolutely, and yeah, you know, coming to. Uh, how well you've done uh, your marketing strategy. Uh, you know, I, I saw that you've got more than 12,000 reviews. I know we had a discussion about this before. I'm, yeah. I really want to uh, want you to tell the listeners, how did you get to 12,000 plus reviews on one single product? Uh, yeah. I've done something on, on selling on Amazon and getting <laughs> reviews is so difficult, but yeah. please do share, you know, some of, some of the best practices. Yeah, I uh, in the beginning, you know, we wanted to sh- to think about how can we get a lot of um, you know user generated proof of this or or social proof that people like the letters they're using it. And one of the strategies was to give a lot of letters out for free. So we we have um, you know almost everyone I speak with, I I, uh, I offer them to get a free sample from us. Um, to try it out, to get their feedback. And sometimes that could lead to sales as well, right? Someone gets one letter, they see the, the value in it, they see the kid's experience with it, and they become customers. So that's been part of our strategy to, to give out a lot of letters. And what we typically ask in exchange of that free sample is if they would help us write a review or share their feedback with us. Um, and that has been... Uh, a great way to get a lot of feedback, a lot of reviews. And, and we're lucky some sense, in some sense that our, our product is fairly cheap to send out so we can get that kind of response from people in a high volume versus if we were selling iPads or an iPhone, right? We can't just give them out for reviews. Um, so we, we have that working in our advantage. 
And um, it's one of the strategies just to try and get as much social proof, as many people to try it, as many people to talk about it. And that's baked into the marketing costs. And we do have um, some of our customers leave reviews as well and, and people we, we've been working with. But um, admittedly, it is hard. It is hard organically to generate those reviews. And that's why this incentive typically works well, especially for people who really want to try it, right? They, they, they would agree to get a free sample in exchange for a review. Um, so it's been working well. And uh, we're probably going to continue with that strategy because it, it is a very effective way to, to get the word out, get more social proof and get more people to hopefully sign up. Yeah, no, absolutely. As you rightly pointed out, social proof is so important. That's why, you know, reviews when it comes to e-commerce, uh, a product is so important. But 12,000 is, is super impressive. Yeah, um, and, you know, I, I wanted to understand, you, we've been part of OnDeck uh, Fellowship. Do you think mm -hmm. there's going to be an unbundling of education where, you know, going forward, students don't need to, uh, you know, pay $100,000 for yeah. $200,000, I don't know, the, the education expenses are going crazy, but do you think there's okay. going to be an unbundling of education as Eric Thorenberg from Village Global talks about? Yeah. Yep. I think uh, it's really going to become fascinating in the future of, you know, how education is going to be delivered, you know, what is going to be the formal education versus informal education, you know, the role of these institutions. And you're already seeing a shift, right? With so many people and, and kid, even kids learning from home or learning remotely, and, and everything in ad tech that's going on, the explosion there, these massive online open courses that universities are giving out for free in some cases. Uh, I personally think it's wonderful the more people who can get access to you know, high quality education and, and can improve their lives through it. You know, I'm a big proponent of that is the way to, to be successful is to be educated, to, be, to learn as much as you can, to know as much as you can. And, and that will create the opportunity for you to, to work in different jobs and, and, and get your foot in the door uh, and just have a, a more, you know, well-rounded life. The, you know, the more you know, the more you learn, the more you, you can read and, and do these things, the more, you know, someone's life hopefully better can get. And, and that's a big part of why, what we do in MailPop is like, I myself was, was not a very good student growing up and, and nobody could ever get me excited about learning and reading. And, you know, I think uh, a part of me suffered for that, that it wasn't as easy for me to, to then, you know, understand things or learn things. And, and I, I'm looking back, I, I was able to overcome that. I eventually did fall in love with learning and reading and, and, and I was able to see the merit and why it's so important, why all, all the time you hear from adults and teachers, you need to focus on your education, right? And, and that is what, you know, I'm trying to promote through MailPop and my wife, through my own personal experience, of thinking of if I was a better student, if I did, you know, uh, apply myself more towards that, I think I would have a much easier time in university, in, in school, in, in my jobs. And, um, you know, now I, I'm, I'm hoping that kids could understand that through falling in love with learning and reading through the tool of our letters, right? It's, it's, it's not the only thing that can help, but I think it's a great starting point to get kids really excited about it, uh, in the sense that you don't have to ask them to go do their homework. It's not an assignment maybe that they get from school that they're dreading or, of doing. This is something personalized for them. It looks it's, it's like disguised as a, almost as a gift, right? There's the toy inside. So it's, it's more perceived by kids as a game and a fun activity versus like a homework or an assignment, which is, which is part of the, the, the fact that it really works and kids really like it.
Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's that's super interesting. And you know, I quickly want to do the top three. What's your favorite business book? Oh, I love I love um, Malcolm Gladwell. I like all his books. Uh, you know, Tipping Point was great. I loved um, uh, Outliers was a great book of his. So I'm a big fan of his, and and you know, learned a lot through his books. Yeah, no, absolutely. We'll put that in the show notes. And you know, if you could go back in time when you started your business, what is the one thing you would have focused on or done anything differently? Yeah, that's that's a great question. You know, when we first started, it's somewhat of a novel concept. There's nothing really quite like MailPop out there. There's, there's subscription boxes for kids. There's magazines for kids. There's nothing quite like what we do with the snare mail and the papercraft toys. And you know, I think um, trying to to think of a more robust marketing plan before we launched. So I was just. When we came up with this idea, I wasn't sure if it was going to work or not, if people would buy it, if they would like it, right? So we, we started the company as cheap as possible with kind of the most basic version of the website, the, the very, very basic version of the product compared to what it is today, just to see what people would say, what would be the feedback, would people like it or not, would we get any customers? Um, and then we've kind of built on that momentum of we constantly get better and better as we go versus, you know, putting a year before we even launch into product development, marketing plans, a more robust business plan and a financial plan, raise money and then have more resources to, to do everything. So I don't think there's a right or a wrong way. You know, I, I, um, I wished I knew more about e-commerce when I started. I kind of learned as I went, you know, which which caused some mistakes and some things we could avoid it of like being on the right platform and knowing what is the right softwares and and, and all these things uh, that that you know we are now using. So I think it would have been just being able to have more time to think of the marketing plan because we spent a lot of time on the product, how it's going to work, distribution, the website. But we didn't put as much thought into um, the marketing plan, how we're going to generate awareness. And, and that's still today, you know, our biggest challenge is just the awareness because the product itself works. That's the best part. Kids love it. Uh, we have distribution where we can print and ship up to 30,000 letters a day. If we get to that point, uh, we have a great website, which we, we put a lot of work and effort into. And, and you know, we're confident it converts well. And we worked with conversion rate optimization specialists and copywriters and, and you know, uh, doing research on the pricing and the subscriptions and all these different things. So it's just been uh, getting the word out has been the biggest challenge. And, you know, it's, it's for a lot of companies. There's a lot of great companies and ideas out there. And, and it's hard to break through the noise and, and figure out how to, to get people's attention. So I think if I... Going back, if I could put more thought into that and really understand what would be the most effective channels for us as we started, we would probably, um, you know, save some time and maybe be more further along than what we are now. But, you know, it's a husband and wife team. We bootstrapped it. It's a small business. And, and you know, despite that, we've been doing really well for, for just being a year and a half and, you know, a year and two months in business. And we've definitely proven the concept. We're ready to scale now. And, and that's what gets me really excited every day to, to see what's the latest. And, and now this, this has been the big, biggest blessing out of, out of all of this is how much I love to do mail pop. It, it really doesn't feel like a job to me. It's something I truly, truly love and enjoy to do every day. And thinking more about the product, thinking more about the marketing, speaking with our customers, getting their feedback, um, 
working with my wife, working with our kids to, to show them what we're doing. We have educational advisors who help us. We have our designers who help design all the letters. So it's been a wonderful experience to create this from, from nothing, to create something that people love, to take an idea from our heads into a real product and get real paying customers for it is, is not easy. But uh, I love the fact that it challenges me every day and I come, have to come to work every day ready to go because there's nobody else who's going to do the work for us. And it really pushes me to, to do as best as I can and be as creative and resourceful as I can as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I could see the passion that you, 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 you feel when you're working in a company. And, and I'm super proud that, you know, uh, we're on deck fellows and you're, you're doing uh, so much for, for, you know, building a new category altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but you're absolutely right about awareness. Marketing is so important. Uh, you have a great kick-ass product, but I think you. Uh, you, you do, you're going to uh, do great wonders. And, uh, and, you know, finally, I wanted to understand, is there any favorite online tools, for example, Gmail, Slack, Zoom, uh, mm-hmm. which you would want to talk about? Um, I use a, 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 an app called Natural Software Reader, which is a text-to-speech uh, software. And that, for me, is a real uh, productivity hack. So I can have my emails read to me through the software while I'm looking at a design or looking at something else. And, and that's something that I, uh, I really like a lot to use. Um, other than that, we have a lot of different apps that we use for, for the company. We're, we're on Shopify. For the website, we use Recharge for the subscription software management. Um, we use Lifetimely for all the analytics and to understand our lifetime value and, and the profit and loss and churn and all these different things. Um, we use Churnbuster for failed payments and, and to make sure we're getting the payments in, you know, in a timely manner. So we, we have, you know, I, I've done a lot of research to figure out the best optimized tech stack for a product like ours. And now we finally have all of that together. And, and that's why I'm really excited. So it took a long time to figure out which ones to use. It took time to integrate everything. But now everything is built out and, and we're ready to go. Yeah, uh, there are a lot of interesting apps that you talked about. I need to do a, another session with you just to understand, <laughs> you know, what what it takes to build to build a, build a great e-commerce product. But uh, but we'll we'll put that in the show notes. Uh, and and Daniel, what is the best way people can reach out to you and know more about MailPop? Yeah, would love to to you know speak to as many people as we can and and to have everyone check it out. So our website is mailpopkids.com. You can email me at daniel at mailpopkids.com. And we are on all the social medias. We're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. You can follow us and check us out there. And really, really appreciate this opportunity. And, and we'd be happy to speak with anyone who, who wants to learn more or, or find ways to work together. Yeah, no, absolutely. We'll put that on, in the show notes. And uh, thank you so much for taking our time, Daniel. It was really special to speak to a, a fellow on the fellow. Thank you, Rod. Thank you so much for, for hosting me. And uh, Really appreciate your time and excited to be in the fellowship with you and and, and learn a lot from you as well. Thanks for listening to the Life Self Mastery podcast, where we teach you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www.lifeselfmastery.com.